Hello, everyone. You're on the line with Nimbus Gaming. I am your host, Nimbus, and today we've entered day two of the group stages at the International 2016, and what a day it has been. It has been a beautiful day of Dota, if I do say so myself. I haven't been able to catch all the games. Obviously, they're still going on. There's a lot of games going on, but I've listened to some of the analysts, the commentators, the the other personalities involved in the game, and there's something that I, I've i been thinking about as I've watched these games that is, I just, it's just really interesting. So, at one point, at the beginning of the day, around 12, 10, 15-ish, somewhere in there, the analysts were talking about how a lot of the teams were playing in the international boot camps and streamed against each other here in the U.S., like on the West Coast, in Canada. And very interesting to hear them talk about that, how a lot of these teams, they're, they're really, they're very comfortable and used to, or they're, they're very used to playing each other. And so... It just, you know, they're the, they're the haves and the have-nots, right? And the teams that were able to become into TI having played against the other best teams in the world have kind of created this elite of Dota teams. And we're seeing that in the, the two O's and the the two O's of the, the elite teams against the not-elite teams and that uh, for the Western scene. All right, let me let me let me caveat this. This is mostly the Western scene of Dota, North America, and the European European scene, like Digital Chaos, Navi, Liquid, OG, Evil Geniuses, etc. So really interesting to see how, like, those teams have really gone turned out. Like, for example, Digital Chaos beat Fnatic 2-0. Now, if you had asked, asked me a month ago, or even before this tournament began, who's going to win, Fnatic or Digital Chaos? I probably would have said that Fnatic would win or the series would go 1-1. Fnatic would win 2-0 or the series would go 1-1. I, it would be hard for me to give... Digital Chaos, a straight 2-0 win over Fnatic, given Fnatic's performance over the past year, right? They've had some very solid finishes and showings in every tournament that they go to. They make it far into the tournament. They're one of those teams that they dominate their region. They seem to struggle a little bit against teams outside their region, but every once in a while they pull off upsets. So very interesting to see how this Dota elite, if you will, have really come to play and uh, to win the international. And they, it's obvious in the, the way that they play, their draft, like their go-to heroes in certain matchups. It's, it's just been very interesting. So it, it really... It makes you wonder, you know, how inbred are these teams, right? 
I know OG picked Legion Commander against Batrider, and Evil Geniuses picked Legion Commander against Batrider. You know, that's, that's an innovation that... You know, EG didn't win with the bat, uh, against the Batrider when they picked it the first game. The first time... Oh, no, sorry. OG and EG are in the same group. So OG must have picked Batrider or Legion Commander against Batrider first, and then EG... It's very unlikely that EG just copycatted them straight away because of OG didn't win with that strategy, right? Usually what happens for metagames is that teams that can teams identify, begin to identify what heroes are good in what matchups. For example, Legion Commander, EG just played against TNC and EG picked a Legion Commander against a Naga and a Batrider. So I think the pick was originally intended to be against the Batrider, but when they picked the Naga, that Legion Commander also turned, is also very useful, right? His skill set is very good against multiple heroes hitting him, very good against illusions, and it's very good at dispelling certain effects like Lasso. So, it stands to reason that the, these teams are, excuse me, man, I'm, I'm, yawning, I'm yawning up a storm here. Uh, there, I got some water. All right. It, it stands to reason that these teams are somewhat familiar with at least the baseline of the metagame and baseline strategies, right? Imagine... Imagine the metagame as a an entity that has known and unknown parts. It has and it, it's constantly shifting. It has it has this way of evolving over time. So like right now the known parts, right? Rana, really good. Elder Titan, really good. That's that's about those are probably the two the two heroes of the tournament so far. Drow, really good, right? These, they, those three heroes have really been proven over the course of the over the course of the uh, they've, they've really been proven over the course of the past couple months. Big Nurse hasn't really hit them. Timbersaw, very good, right? And so. There are some then unknowns. Some known. I, I, so tomorrow, tomorrow from uh, Donald Rumsfeld, we have known knowns and we have known unknowns. So our known knowns are that uh, you know those three heroes, Drow, Marana, Elder Titan, are really good. The three un the the un the known unknowns then are how good is Oracle really? Right? Is this hero like he's been picked a lot the first two days? Is he going to continue to to be the dominant force that he is, or a team's going to learn to adapt to play around him. Keeper of the Light's another hero like that, right? He's a hero that hasn't been in the metagame for a while, and all of a sudden he's coming back. And it stands to reason that as teams get used to playing against Keeper of the Light or Oracle, that those heroes move from being known unknown parts of the metagame to known known parts of the metagame and 
they become, they move back to being situationally good or not good at all. Or they stay very, very, very good, very relevant. With that said, we, there are also that unknown unknowns, right? I don't know if you have a pocket pick against my strategy X, right? If I pick Naga Siren, what if you have this pocket? What if, what if you go like some, you, you figure out a way to just completely demolish all of, completely demolish my team because you know of a strategy that shuts down Naga Siren. You practice it a lot. I can't know that. It's not a part of my my metagame. Each team kind of has their own individual evolving metagame associated with them, picks that they really like, picks that they really think are strong. We've seen EG and OG kind of copycat each other on some, some things. For example, the Razor, right? Wait. Most people would agree that Razor is not a female hero, and yet they pick it today because it fits the draft really well. And before when they used to do that, Sumail would kind of struggle because he would try to, to really to make these big plays and push the hero a little, a little outside of what it's supposed to do or what it's able to do because, you know, he's used to playing Storm where he can, he can dance on that knife, knife's edge and it's much harder to punish and he, you know, can make these really high-skill plays. Whereas Razor, you pretty much you click three buttons and you run at people. Or you click three buttons and you run away from people. There's not really much in between. But you can't the, – the skill level really comes down to positioning and when to use your spells and who to use them on and correctly identifying the situation and reacting accordingly. So it will be interesting to see as the tournament unfolds more – if we're going to continue to, if we're, uh, yeah, if we're going to continue to see as the tournament unfolds more, if we're going to continue to see, sorry, it will be interesting to see as the tournament unfolds whether or not this trend continues, whether or not we see these elite teams, Secret, OG, Liquid, EG, put on a performance like they have been, where they are, they're similar, and they they don't like they don't copycat each other but they they have found similar adaptations or they they are they are copying adaptations that other teams have discovered so it's kind of the beauty of metagames right because even even if these, let's say these elite dota teams have prepared night and day for their tournaments for, for this tournament, right? Playing against each other, scrimming, figuring everything out, and all of a sudden, two Chinese teams come in, let's say Newbie and E-Home, and they have completely different ways of thinking about the game, and they their way of thinking about the game just blows a hole in the way that these teams, these elite teams, you know, have, have done it, right? Or, like... MVP Phoenix. What happens if MVP Phoenix is just the Achilles heel of all of these elite Western teams, right? Now, I don't know if the Chinese teams or the Southeast Asian teams have scrimmed against the North American teams at all, but what I do know is that the play styles coming out of those regions are very different, and they change, they're, they're very matchup dependent, right? 
if you watch eHome and, excuse me, if you watch the EG versus Wing series, EG banned like very specific heroes against Wings. Like these are the heroes that Wings plays. We do not want to play. Does that open up enough space in the Wings versus EG meta such that Wings can capitalize on that and EG just can't do anything about it? I don't know. That's a very, that's kind of one of those unknowns, right? That obviously they went 1-1 against EG, but then they lost 2-0 against TNC. And how much of that, that 2-0 loss, or that 0-2 loss to TNC, can you attribute to them? Like, just, you know, it's part of Wings is a very, is a little bit of an unstable team, right? They just kind of do what they do, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Or, uh, like newbie, right? They're just super strong and super consistent, and they can just they just finish, and they they're really good because they're just so experienced. And it doesn't really matter what they pick up; they're just always going to be they're always going to be a force. So it doesn't really matter what you ban against them. So in a way, you just kind of ban what you want to ban. Like how much how much do you have to take that into consideration about how you think the game should be played and how the game works against the the way that other teams think the way the game think that think about how the game should be played and the way the game works. So just really interesting to think about. I probably went way too deep for some people. So let me just let me sum it up by saying this. All teams have a certain idea of how the game should be played and the best way to win. Because of that, that's my assumption, because of that, they look to, those teams look to adapt then the way that they see the game and play the game to how other teams play the game. And to overcome what and to, to impose what they think is stronger on, on the game. And do and do so through winning. With those that premise and those assumptions, it stands to reason then that each When you have teams that play together a lot, they adapt to each other and reinforce how the game should be played because one team is winning over the other. So, a lot of teams think they have the metagame figured out. Really interesting to to see. All these teams going at it. Oh, oh, Lordy. There's a lot of traffic. Uh, Hopefully, it'll get proven one way or the other which way is the best way to play. 
which I'm sure it will, right, because we're going to crown a TI victor, and there's going to be a team that really takes it to the next level and figures out, like, like what happened last year at TI, right, with Evil Geniuses. All you have to do is go watch that final series between Evil Geniuses and C-Deck, and you see that Evil Geniuses have figured out how that inter-team metagame. So... Just keep, keep an eye out for that as you're watching the game. Compare hero picks between the teams. Not everybody's picking the same thing, which is why it's kind of strange that some teams, that that two te- that OG and EG have had a lot of picks in common in terms of certain matchups. So, well, that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. I would appreciate any comments or suggestions or anything else that you might might have to oh crap that you might have to make my podcast better and would appreciate it. Just let me know. Until next time, this is Nimbus Gaming signing out.